Welcome to The Lab, a Cornerstone Gundog Academy podcast focused on all things gun dogs, good times, and the great outdoors. I'm your host, Barton Ramsey. What's up, everyone? I am here on episode three with my buddy, Jeff Irvine, all the way from a land very, very far away from, I would guess, most of you guys listening, and that is the land of New Zealand. Jeff, what's up, man? Uh, heaps, man. We're uh, we're all good down here, and uh, good to be on the show. Yeah, well, we had to figure out the schedule just because I originally <laughs> planned on doing this tomorrow morning, and then I started looking at the clock, and I was like, Lord, it's going to be 2 a.m. or something crazy for you. Um, so I'm glad it worked out to do it tonight for me and i guess it's middle of the day for you lunch break huh yeah it is it's about two o'clock yeah you're a day, day ahead of yeah. me a day ahead. you're two already having a, yeah. a monday you know i'm still on the weekend so no that's cool i'm uh i remember we'll get into it but that time change is significant it is a long ways down to new zealand uh, tell people a little bit about where you are on the South Island and, uh, and, you know, geographically speaking, where you are in, in New Zealand. So in New Zealand, there's two islands. There's the North Island and the South Island. And where I live is on the top of the South Island. So a place called Nelson. And um, it's, it's a really nice sunny place. It's not an amazing waterfowl place, so I have to travel. Um, to get into any good waterfowl, but um, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice place to live. But, How far, if you were to drive from Nelson, which is the top of the South Island, uh, how far is it if you were to drive all the way down to let's just say the the very bottom um, of the of the island? Probably twelve hours, maybe. Oh, so it's big. Yeah, it's I don't remember. Long, we, yeah. we didn't really go that far, I guess. Um, and just to clarify. I'm talking to you in early July, which for everyone over here is the middle of summer, hottest time of year. It is we we just set some records recently for how hot it is, but not for you. You're, I guess, are you? Is this middle of winter for you guys? Yeah, it's midwinter and it's um it's quite cold at the moment, but um it hasn't been as cold as what it usually is because uh, we've had so much rain. Um, it's rained every opportunity it could, but um, I hadn't been too bad. But uh, yeah, mid mid winter it'll be nice to get some hot, some hot weather. Because <laughs> in my opinion, as soon as uh, the hunting season finishes, as soon as the duck season is gone, you just want it to be summer. You just yeah, that's I I definitely understand that that feeling. Yeah, when when February gets around and we finish um, late goose season, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, uh, I'm like. It's the sooner that it can warm up and I can just go outside and be comfortable, the better. And I live in the South. It's not super cold here. How far do we drive? So for those that don't know, Jeff's been a friend of mine. I don't know how, I mean, we met in 2019, but I don't really remember when we started talking. It was before that. Um, uh, we talked, yeah, we talked on and off for many, many years now, probably 10 years previous yeah. to that. Um, yeah. But it was usually just about dogs or, um, I always liked um, the way you train dogs and you had all those training programs and they were really awesome. So I just 
just used to ask questions mostly. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah we, Jeff used to reach out and have just dog questions or just more or less just what's up. How's what's going on in the, in the hunting season over there, which I totally understand now because it's not hunting season here. And when I, when your Instagram pops up, it's usually, usually it's you guys just absolutely wreck and shop on some geese. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not season here, but that's the one thing kind of makes me miss it. Uh, seeing your stuff, you know, since the yeah. seasons are flipped, but in 2019, I received an invite, um, from a very sweet family in the North Island, um, up, I guess near Auckland, um, to, to come to New Zealand and do some retriever training seminars, uh, kind of as a representative for Cornerstone and Southern Oak Kennels, um, with, with some folks up in the North. And I texted you, I was like, Hey, I got a chance to come to New Zealand and you happen to know, um, it's Eugenie, right? Uh, Ch yeah. Chapman, yeah. uh, you, you knew Eugenie and, and reached out to her and we worked it out to where I could fly, uh, could fly to New Zealand and then come down to your place. I flew, I think straight into Nelson, right? Or, uh, yeah, that's it. yeah right yeah, there to Nelson and, um, Flew in there and spent, I don't know, almost a week down there with you. And I don't remember how far we drove, but I want to get into some of it because it was it was an absolute blast being yeah, down yeah. there. But that was in, um, I guess, May of April or May. When, yeah. did, you, when did you all season it was May. start? It was May. May was of May. 2019. So a little over yeah. four years ago. Um, and I just told uh, Bethany and, and some friends of ours, we were... Um, where Bethany and I just got back from Park City, Utah, celebrating 15 years of marriage and had an absolute blast. And um, we don't get to do big trips like that much. But I told her, I said, hey, for my 40th birthday, which is four years away, we're going to New Zealand. We're going back. Right. We're going to come shoot some ducks with you, uh, geese, whatever it is, it's open. And then uh, hopefully just see the whole thing. And I, I want to get into a little bit of it with you, but when I flew in there, once I caught up on my sleep, you know, you go somewhere, I'm sure you've, you've come over here a bunch and you you're like really ready to get going. Uh, Cause you don't want to miss anything, but gosh, 17 hour time difference. The jet lag is yeah. intense. Um, but we got going. Do you remember that they, they, the airline, they did, my bag didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I only I had my carry on. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, I do. So I didn't have you any waiters. For, yeah, that's right. You were here for such a short time. Um, it's actually funny if you re retrace the steps. Um, Eugenie rang me and said we were looking to talk to Barton um, from Southern Oak Kennels. And I said, oh, well, I know, I know Barton. I will call him. So I called and and we made that contact, but you, you were only here for a couple of days, like two or three days. It was so short. Um, and we didn't get, we only got to hunt a couple of days. So, um, the first time, yeah, the first hunt, I'll try to share some pictures of this on my social for folks that are listening, but the first hunt we drove, I don't know how far it was, but we hunted a river and it was actually part of the same river where they filmed the hobbits in the wine barrels kind of coming down. Was, that? That's a more aggressive part. We hunted a very calm part. What's that river called? 
So that, that's the Polaris River. Yeah, that's right. That's exact. It's a pretty little spot. It's probably about an hour and a half out of Nelson. Yeah, and which yeah. is a beautiful drive through the the hills and and mountains up there. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we scouted it and hunted a frames right off the bank. It's a and it was not deep. I mean, maybe knee deep. No, you know, not yeah. not super deep out there. Need need a waste. Um, and we killed ducks that I have uh, never seen or n- never seen before or since. Um, Paradise shell ducks. So, tell so, us a little bit about Paradise shell ducks because I'd never even heard of them. And so, awesome. yeah, Paradise shell duck is um, the world's biggest duck, and it's actually it's not a goose and it's not a duck. It's halfway in between. Um, we shoot a lot of them, so we don't really appreciate what they have, but they're an amazingly colorful bird. They're, they're great to hunt. They really decoy really well. Because I think that day we shot a limit and we had a few guys, and I think we shot. Yeah, we shot, we shot 50, 50 of them. 60 birds. Yeah. Yeah, 50 or 60. And um, I remember you saying to me, oh, that was pretty Western. But um, I remember that that was pretty much a typical typical kind of day you know and you guys um, hunt them we hunted them over the river but you told me that you might also hunt them in the fields is that right that's it. You, well you guys call a field of paddocks right yeah that's it yeah so dry field hunting or and and climate's pretty i mean it's cold but it's fairly mild yeah, um yeah. and those birds they they have a really strange call but they really just yeah, they decoyed do. they decoyed in like yeah i mean they just didn't care it yeah was, they always do um a lot of people think over here they're stupid. They're just stupid ducks, but I, I really like um, they're just committed. They're just mm-hmm. committed. They, they decoy so well. Um, they come in all upside down, probably like snow geese. And, yeah, they're really they're really cool bird, and they're, they're very um, underestimated in New Zealand. We, we don't, because there's a lot around and a lot of places, we, don't, we really take them for granted. But um, a lot of American hunters that'll – probably be the number one bird they'll want to shoot and um they'll want to put in their trophy cabinet or whatever so um yeah yeah they're, well, they're pretty cool i had um we shot a, a one with just a couple of mallards um but toward the end of the hunt i had one bird on my bucket list from down there yeah. and yeah. that was i guess a, a black swan mm. And yeah. if you'll remember toward the end of the hunt, we were, we were almost ready to pack it up and you heard it. They make a very distinct sound. Um, yeah. and that thing was just barreling up the river and, yeah, uh, some, yeah, like a bomber and somebody handed me a gun. I think it took three shots to knock that thing down. And yeah, I was so beyond that thing was huge, huge. Yeah, bird. huge. Um, yeah. so that, that hunt really. I mean, it made the trip. First hunt, we killed 50 uh, Perrys, a couple Mallards, and uh, one or two Black Swans and took a picture on that old tractor. And I was like, man, these guys have it made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was cool. Crushing. It was cool. I, I can remember that swan because we were we were trying to get a swan for the whole day. Everyone was trying to um, – everyone was rooting for you and wanting you to do it. And then one finally turned up and – and uh, yeah, it took three shots to get it down, but um, no, that was that was real cool. That was a real yep. highlight. And um, there's a really cool photo that someone took me or one of the other blokes with you 
with that swan. And yep. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're about seven, you're you're like about seven foot six, and it was about as tall. <laughs> yeah, but I man, that was that was one I, honestly one of the best. I still have videos from that day, and it was um, man. If you haven't, you know, I just went to uh, to Park City, Utah, and it's mountainous, and I, I live in Mississippi, so I have a lot of trees hills no mountains and when you go somewhere that's different it's not what you're used to seeing it's really like for me that's one of the most magnificent parts of this is seeing new things and driving through (laughs) excuse me new zealand and just seeing the terrain and that river in particular i mean i imagine for people there it's really nothing special but it is truly beautiful uh there's some mountains in the background there but then the fog set in about mid morning and yeah. it was like a golden, like just right over the whole river peaceful. Yeah. Um, it was, and I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan too. So the fact yeah, that yeah. The, the hobbits have been floating around close to there, it was, that was a, an yeah. amazing experience. Uh, we went and hunted the coast. Um, yeah, we did. We did. And that was, that was the day that we got, um, brought back to reality because I remember we got up really early and it was a bluebird day with no wind and that spot is like a really good spot usually but I think we shot one duck or did we yeah. even shoot a duck? I think we I shot think we one did. one duck one maybe mallard. it was a, a, a mallard or a teal I don't remember uh, it was but just useless we was went, but the the, <laughs> the part I remember was uh and my friends still give me a hard time about this i didn't have any waiters so i was borrowing clothes um that's why you had my clothes mostly squeezing in (laughs) and i um thankfully you you had plenty of sitka gear for me and i uh you guys had to carry me from the boat to the blind that's right (laughs) and i'm probably the i'm probably the least the least uh, properly sized person to be carried uh, yeah. at that point in my yeah. life. And you, you said anything, can I get you anything else, my Lord? And That's it was it. on, it was on social media and all of my friends started laughing about y'all, y'all calling me my Lord while y'all were carrying me on your shoulders to the blind over there. And, and then it. I remember we about got stuck because of the tide. Oh yeah. It was, it was that whole day was just, what we would say in New Zealand, just a big balls up. It was just, yeah. it was ridiculous well, that day. Everything went wrong. That possibly we had, we had such a good first day, and then the second day we were just, um, everything we did just turned to custard. So, um, what do you do? That's that's hunting, no way. Well, if you don't have those days, you don't appreciate the good days. That's it. That's exactly, right. that's exactly. I've had right. a couple, couple little strings especially this last season we had a little string of days um at wild wings and then i went out west kept the streak going back to wild wings it was around 11 days for me of just limits just crushing them and then toward the end of the season we had some really rough days where it was just scratching them and i was like god you get kind of spoiled (laughs) you know you get you get used to the good stuff so you if guys no are. If there's yeah. no anticipation, you wouldn't do it. If you, right. if it was just if you were just shooting them up all the time, you might as well just be shooting clays, eh? That's right. So, tell me, um, in New Zealand, 
waterfowl season starts when and ends when for for duck hunting? So they have a summer season, which is madness, um, but they have it in certain um, areas or regions down south. So they have it for a few weeks or a few weekends down south. And then paradise duck season can be all over the place. They can have different different regions, can have different seasons. But the, the regular duck season or the main duck season is May, June, and July. So it's three months. Yeah. So yeah. just really flip-flops with sort of our November, December, January. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not the case for Canada geese. No, Canada geese, um, the good thing is um, Canada geese you can shoot all year round. Um, not everyone does that, though. Like um, there's obviously a molt and whatever else, and a lot of guys just leave geese alone. So. Most people kind of hunt geese after the duck season. So they would hunt geese kind of August to November-ish. Perhaps until it gets hot. Until it gets hot, yeah. And then they would chase them again probably February, March, April to the duck season comes in again. Um, how, how far do you have to go from Nelson to get into some really good goose hunting? Seven hours. Seven? Yeah, seven hours, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I say it's crazy, but I have to drive to Kansas or Oklahoma to get into some good, you know, lesser yeah. and, yeah. and three and a half, four hours for some good speckle belly hunting with Aaron and the boys. Um, yeah. But you guys, you mean, how often do you go down there? Because you guys kill, I mean, look, I know uh, social media is the highlight reel, right? But you guys, oh, yeah, yeah. you guys kill the mess out of geese over there. Yeah. Um, we do so. So basically, um, the hunting that I kind of do now, um, down south is way more selective. Like, I probably go every couple of weeks, two to three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go more than that, but um, I've got some really good buddies down south that um, Daisy Scout and whatever else because times. Time's precious, and I can't spend the time down there. I can't spend, um, I can't spend weeks and weeks down there. So, um, so they do all that. Um, Connor and Hunter and Callum and a lot of those guys they're they're awesome. But um, yeah, yeah, I got to meet Callum got, and, and Hunter over there. Yeah, yeah, and um, Callum, Callum, my buddy. Uh, oh, sorry, Connor, Connor Carlaw. He started up a guiding business down there. And um, yeah, they yeah the the resource down there is incredible. And yeah, so tell me a little bit about it for those of us here. I mean, we I don't think anyone here experiences Canada geese in the way that you do. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, walk people through. Uh, they're not from there, so no, what happened? No, how, actually, how did this um, how this whole situation come about where you can shoot them literally if you want to three hundred sixty five days out of the year? Yeah, so so basically, way back in the day, um, the early 1900s, they were gifted to New Zealand by President Roosevelt. Um, and then there's no predators, there's nothing over here, so they just went absolutely off the scale. Um, so there's no coyotes or or wolves or any or it, there's there's no natural predators. So so basically, the things just went 
absolutely crazy. And um, the numbers are just just astronomical in some areas. But um, there used to be there used to be a limit. There used to be we you guys have game and fish, and we have fish and game okay. over here. Um, and they used to um, look after them. But what actually happened is they got so so far out of control. The government took them off off them and put them in a in a different category in a so they're not they're not classed as a pest but almost almost to that uh to yeah, that almost a, almost a nuisance yeah nuisance yeah, bird. yeah, yeah. Nuisance, nuisance bird and um then after that probably about 20 years ago the numbers got so high they just said you can shoot them anytime you want and there's no limit as well so some goose goose shoots that will go on you you could shoot 300 350 mm. um for that's the day like, i mean that's like um late season snow goose here but that's yeah. like a that's world yeah. class i mean if you do that then you you might as well go ahead and quit while you're ahead yeah. you know yeah that's it but but having said that you could um you could have days where you the geese don't turn up or whatever and it's like you were saying before instagram just looks amazing and and you know you can shoot hundreds of birds and whatever else, but I mean, you can shoot a few. You could shoot twenty or or fifty or whatever or ten, you know, or none. So yeah, um, yeah you, you still got to do the homework. And the guys down south, they they scout heaps and they know where the birds are. They're keeping an eye on them all year because they live down there. So um, yeah, that they've really got really got it all uh, sorted out. So it makes and they. Sense. You guys, you guys typically hunt geese in a dry field or along some smaller water, um, from what it looks like, right? Yeah, mostly mostly dry fields, um, some water, but um, yeah, mostly mostly crops, mostly cool. crops. Yeah, but they they they're coming from. You explained it to me at some point. They're coming from um, some type of bodies of water that are like in the mountains, right? Don't they come like down? Yeah to the the valley where the fields yeah. are in that right yeah they do so a lot of them a lot of them in the summer are on big lakes and um they fly off the lakes and um come up onto the fields where there's a lot of cropping there could be lucerne or grass or maize or corn or or whatever so they they really raid these crops and the that's why the farmers don't like them because yeah. it could be it could be um it could be you know, two or three thousand in a mob. But another thing as well is um, where you are, everything migrates and goes north or comes south or whatever. The birds that we have are all resident birds, so because they're residents, they're there all year. So they're mm. hammering um, farms and crops and paddocks for the whole year. So farmers don't get a break. That's 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 the deal here, and that's why farmers hate them. I mean, in America, you might get a whole heap of geese coming in and they might raid the crops for a week or a couple of weeks or a few days. But in New Zealand, they don't migrate. They don't go anywhere. So they're, so they're all resident birds. So um, it can make it harder to hunt them and probably easier to hunt them But because um, you know their habits. But uh, that's, the, that's the main difference. There's no Because mm. New Zealand's an island, there's nowhere for them to fly. They can't go yeah. anywhere. Yeah, I remember the first time I learned about all that. Uh, you told me a lot about it. And then I talked to my good friend, uh, Bill Wilroth. Um, yeah. 
who now has Dakota decoy, but he came to New Zealand um, back when he had Bigfoot, Bigfoot yeah. decoys. And yeah. some people brought him over there and he said, he, I remember him telling me, he said, we put out like, he shipped over a whole like crates of decoys and he, they told him we don't need all that. And they put out maybe a dozen and these geese had just never been hunted. And he yeah. said, we could, we called at him. He said, at the end, we weren't even getting in our layout blinds. We were just sitting up and just shooting them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said his shoulder was <laughs> worn out. Oh, he yeah. was so tired of dealing with Canada geese over there. But uh, yeah, the whole not migrating thing. I mean, resident birds are, they're a pain here, especially on golf courses. Um, yeah. They'll get on a golf course and just, you know, their poop is everywhere and they eat the grass and getting rid of them can definitely be a pain. So that's, uh, that's wild. And it's not only in the South. I talked to, uh, I've got um, a couple buddies, um, Ron up at, or Rob, Rob up in, in the North yeah, Island. Rob Cox, yeah, Rob, uh, I'm, I'm going to have him on at some point. I hope Rob's big field trial guy over there. Um, yeah. But he loves shooting geese and he had just really started getting into it when I met him. And uh, yeah. he sends me, he still sends me pictures of just, as you call them, heaps of geese, just a yeah, pile of yeah. them up there. He, he loves yeah, shooting yeah. those things. So it's both islands. And I didn't know about the, the non-predator. So <laughs> this is a huge difference between New Zealand and Australia. So that's Australia it. seems to have everything that can kill you. That's it. <laughs> and you guys don't really have anything, huh? I mean, no, we, don't. we don't have no, no snakes, no poisonous spiders, really. There's nothing. There's nothing that can harm you here, really. It's just people. Wow. Just, people. The, just the apex predator. Yeah, and um, they, they'll get you every time. Yeah, but the people that I met in New Zealand were just some of the nicest, kindest, most hospitable people I think I've ever met. Uh, everywhere yeah, I went. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and so without going too much down the, the rabbit hole of, of breeding styles with dogs, there's definitely a uh, some cultural difference in the two islands. Um, I, I have my thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts just on the the influences north and south. There's cultural differences here too. You've traveled here enough, and I, I want to ask you yeah. about some of that. But yeah. you know, pe- people from let's just say New York, New Jersey, Maryland, you know, their culture is a little different than my folk, you know, down here in yeah. Mississippi and yeah. Arkansas and Tennessee. So yeah. North Island, South Island, you're on the South Island. So you're kind of a jack of all trades. You know, you, you, you know, people from everywhere. Um, yeah. Culturally speaking, what do you see as some of the main differences, at least in the hunting world? Yeah. Well, the South Island is um, the population is really sparse. There's not, there's not a lot of people here. I'm not even sure. It's like under a million. And a really and quite a big lands. So people are, there's not huge concentrations, and um most of the people are pretty much rural based. So they don't they don't have that big city attitude or whatever. But the North Island is different. Um yeah, and and I think the North Islanders in Auckland and some of the places there's some hustle and bustle and and people uh, just have that big city attitude, but um in the South Island, especially as you go down south, life is pretty relaxed and pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely similar to our sort of north and south. And the North yeah. Island, to me, felt like it had a much stronger British influence. Um, 
Yeah. They were, they were very, you know, the shoots I went to were, you know, British style yeah. pheasant shoots. Yeah, yeah. The web bay, yeah. And yeah. um and they had a large influence of of British Labradors over there. Um one of one of my stud dogs, Moose, um, has sired several litters in New Zealand. His his semen was sent that way, um, yeah. which is crazy because it's really difficult to get the dogs brought in, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Costs like, a lot of money. It cost you probably in New Zealand. It would cost you ten grand to get a dog here. Just the just the price. That's not the dog. That's just the yeah. All of the the requirements, yeah. and the, um, there's a, a quarantine period, and yeah, which I understand. I mean, they don't. It's an island, you know. They yeah. can't have. Uh, I mean, look, they made me. They like pressure washed my waiters, you know, to make sure yeah, there was yeah. no no nothing that yeah. was going to get in yeah, the rivers. Yeah, which is fine. I, I definitely understand that. Um, so, dog wise, um, and I want to talk hunting some more too, but. Your female, what's her name? Jess. Yeah, Jess. Um, how old is she now? She's about, be. Four. She's about yeah. four. So yeah. just a pup when I was over. Yeah. And a timid pup that you yeah, you were very concerned. Um, you were asking me a lot of questions. You know, have you seen yeah, this? Yeah. Have you yeah? And and she had a she was very timid, nervous. Um didn't show a lot of interest in really doing the work. Right. Um, but what about now? I mean, give us a, a breakdown. Are you, are you hunting with her? What's, what's she like? Yeah, yeah, nowadays yeah. As a four -year -old? I, do, I do a lot of hunting with her now. She's um, she was really eager to learn. She was eager to please. And that was the biggest, um, that was the biggest thing. I actually um, hunted her with a friend many years ago, probably three years ago. And he said, I don't know what, he said, I, I, I really don't know what you're worried about with this dog. This dog just wants to please you, you know, that, and that's it. And once we got that and she trusted me enough, um, she went really well. And, and she's, since we've got, since we have another dog now, Fionn, um, she's the boss and, and she's quite a stroppy dog now. She's kind of taken on the big mama role and um, yeah, yeah, she, she's a really good hunter. You can send her and she'll just go and go and go. Um, of course, um, I looked at some stuff with on Cornerstone, uh, Cornerstone Gundog. You introduced me to that when you were here. So I looked at a lot of stuff, and there was a lot of really good stuff on there that I wouldn't have thought of. Or Like, I've been training dogs for years, but um, really in the whole scheme of things, I don't really know a lot. So Right. Uh, yeah, I want to get into a little that, bit that. That was really handy. Yeah, I, I appreciate you mentioning that, and I knew that it was cool because I told the guys, Josh and Keith, I was like, we've got a, we've got a New Zealand guy. You know, we got someone down there. And I told them, and there were several people up north who were using Cornerstone that I was not even aware of. They, they still comment on some of our stuff. Really, really nice people. Um, but in the north where I went, um, there were some field trials. There, there was like a heavy emphasis on gundog training in that group of people that i was with yeah, yeah yeah and um i mean really just i i mean i can't emphasize enough the whole trip was just one of the best times of my life um but they were they were more interested in almost the british style field trial work 
Yeah, um, yeah. And in the yeah. South, which is kind of why I asked about you guys' culture in the South, it was really relaxed. Like you guys were definitely like, Hey, just let the dog go get the duck. Like if you got to throw a shotgun hole out there to uh, get the, the, the dog's attention yeah. that way, everything was, uh, I mean, I think Callum had a dog. Um, yeah. Callum had, <laughs> and Steve had a dog as well. Yeah. Um, and they weren't bad dogs. They just, the, yeah. the, their standard of the dog work was the bar was yeah. set low. It was just like, Hey, it yeah, was yeah. really, I would say casual, just yeah, yeah, casual, a, yeah, yeah. And um, but you really, I felt like with with Jess, um, started kind of taking it to a new level. I mean, you you looked at some drills. We talked about some specific drills to get her to take cast, to get her to go back, yeah. and yeah. um, and I feel like you really were able to make some cool progress there, which is which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> she she's good. She she goes really well. I was actually I was very worried about that dog, um, but she she's gone really well and I've done a lot of, a lot of training with her. I haven't done a lot, um, in recent times, but, um, no, she goes really well. Um, she, she's a, she's a really good dog. Um, on, on my Instagram page, uh, a week or so ago, I, I posted something with her doing a, a retrieve on a black swan and she was just miles out and she just trusted me that there was something there. She, she couldn't see anything, but I just sent her and she went probably, I don't know, whatever it was, six or seven hundred meters or whatever. Yeah. But long, she, long she, was, she was out of sight, you know. Um yeah. so no, she she goes good. But um, I've got a younger dog, Fion, and uh he's an English, well, they're both English dogs. Um, but he's he's a male and um he's a total Buffhead, he uh, <laughs> yes, you've he's told just me a hot, he's just a hot mess. He's just a hot mess. He's <laughs> ever since we had him, he's always been a clown. He would, you know, like he's pretty good now, but um, uh, yeah, he would just come back with with a, a dummy in his mouth and like flip it up in the air, and I would just want to kill him. But what, all I would do is just put him in the truck, and we used to just come home. You know, he's just. Just used to stop because I I would just want to punch him. Yeah, got to keep that. Gotta, I know that I know that feeling when they just especially refuse to recall, refuse to deliver, and you're like, look, the best thing for me and you right now is that we just end this whole thing yeah, before this train comes off the yeah. track. But you know, you were worried about Jess too, and and she she grew up a lot, I think, and and came yeah. around, and and some of the dog, especially some of the, I mean, your dogs are you know, British field bred dogs. And that's what I'm used to dealing with. And they can be yeah. very slow to mature. Um, yeah, I've so. seen, I've seen some that mature quickly, but I've seen a lot that at 12, 14, 18 months old, even I'm thinking, I just don't know. Yeah. And then at two and a half, three, you're like, this is a nice dog, you know, just took them. But what you said about Jess is I think something that's hard to a dog's desire to please, you know, that whole, she yeah. just wants to please you when you realized that and you were able to use that as the motivation, right? I mean, she probably went back six, 700 meters for a black swan because she wants to please you. And she's learned yeah. if yeah. Jeff says back, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Right. And she trusts me. Yeah. Yeah. That that's tougher when you have a dog who wants to work on their own, which yeah, yeah. sounds like your male. And I, I have a lot of those and, and I have a lot that they have really good, so I always categorize drive in two different ways. There's the drive, the prey drive, drive to go get something. 
And then there's drive to please, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's very rare to have a dog who has a massive amount of both. My dog yeah, red, yeah. uh, the one that everybody, everybody loved red. Yeah. Um, he's still around hunting with a friend of mine. He's the only dog I've had that was like a hundred percent of both, like yeah, massive yeah. drive to go massive drive to please the dogs that have a really big drive to please and enough drive to go. They can be really easy to train because yeah. they trust you. Right. And the, and the relationship is everything for them. The dogs that have a really big drive to go, but not a huge drive to please, they're more independent. Um, yeah. They can be a challenge. You can do it for yeah. sure. Yeah. You can get a lot out of them, but yeah. that's, those are the dogs that you see like play and keep away or uh, throwing it up in the air. And like, if, if I don't bring it back to you, I get to keep this, this whole game going. So why would I bring it back to you? You know, like I'm, I'm out here doing this and uh, at man, at that age, it can drive yeah, yeah. you up the wall, especially yeah. if you already have a dog that's doing the work, because then you're like, forget it. I'll just hunt yeah, Jess. Yeah. You just do your thing, you know, whatever, yeah. but maybe he'll grow He's out of it. He's an athletic dog. He's an athletic yeah. dog. Jeez. I, I've never seen such an athletic dog. He, he would jump over the house. He's incredible. Like yeah. he can jump. It's unbelievable. What, how, how high he can jump and he, how fast he can run. But, um, the brain hasn't really caught up with the body yet. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's listen, damn real. I've got a I've got a child that may be that way. He's a big yeah, old yeah, boy. That's but Noah, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, Noah's uh there's some days where I'm like, you might look big, but gosh, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta catch up. That's Speaking boring. of kids, your daughter is quite the duck caller. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd love for you to share a little bit of that. I want to hear from you. I don't know a ton about your adventures in the USA. We've tried yeah. to meet up a few times. I remember, I think it was last year, you were possibly going to be in Texas yeah, yeah. and we were going to hunt maybe up Falco. At, Fal at Falco. Yeah. I've got yeah. JD. JD's on my list for guys for the, for the podcast. One of my best friends on the planet. Yeah. Um, and man, that's a, what a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. And would love to have you there at any point. Um, really want to take you hunting in the woods. I've talked to Connie about it, about yeah, uh, having you at wild wings. I know he follows you yeah. on Instagram too. Um, but, um, tell us a little bit about, and I'm going to get up and adjust my light keeps flickering. I'm going to move it, but tell us a little oh, bit man. about, um, hunting in the USA, traveling in the USA, your daughter duck calls, like what's your, what's your relationship there? And, and how, how's that, you know, come about the last, I mean, it's been a while, but back up several years, uh, your trips over here and what'd that look like? Yeah. So, um, many years ago, I met a guy over here. Um, he came over for AVN X. Uh, his name was Mario Friendy. He's, uh, he's an awesome guy. So he was kind of my first contact in New Zealand, uh, sorry, in America. Um, and then around that time, um, my good friend Hunter Morrow, he was into contest calling and my daughter started contest calling as well. Um, they both got pretty good. Um, Hunter is an exceptional caller and um, Holly got very good as well, uh, especially for her age. Um, and that kind of developed. And all of it, the whole basis to our trips um, to America was, um, was the uh, world champs at Easton, Eastern Maryland. Um, so we used to plan our trips around November 
and then kind of spend a month and then we'd go to Oregon and Colorado and hunt uh, different places in Maryland and whatever else. So that that was the whole, but the calling thing was the whole basis of us traveling around. Um, so when you say worlds in Easton, you're yeah. not talking about worlds. I, I'm always at worlds in Stuttgart, um, yeah. which is main street calling. Yeah. You're talking that's about the, worlds. That's the chainsaw calling. That's the that's chainsaw. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is, uh, <laughs> yes. yes, but they each have their place, right? Um, yeah, you're, talking about, yeah. you're talking about world duck meat, yeah, yeah, meat duck, the, the real and, deal. Um, uh, goose calling as well. So it's the world goose calling championships. Um, and there'll be live goose, team goose, there's a whole, there's a whole range of stuff. So Hunter used to do goose and duck, and Holly used to just do um, duck calls, which used to drive me nuts because I love geese, and um, she would never, she would never pick up a goose call really. So kind of drive me nuts a wee bit. But uh, what <laughs> well, do you how do? She do how 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 does she fare coming over here blowing duck calls and, and uh, world first, duck? The first time she came over, she was really young, like I'm talking maybe eleven. And then the juniors, I think she got, I'm going to say, fourth or third, mm. which is pretty good because a lot of the boys were like 16 mm-hmm. um, and, and really good. And then she came another time and got third, I think, and then the next time she got a third or a fourth or something. Yeah, but, so she uh, placed. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got in the finals, and um, Hunter did as well. Like he's he's a really really amazing caller. Um, that's Hunter Morrow. He um, he got second and some of the stuff, but I don't think they wanted us to win because we we're Kiwis. You see, <laughs> Kiwis. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. don't want to let those damn Kiwis win, eh? So, National uh, champions. You're not even shame. from here. Well, yeah. so and I met Holly when I was over, and she's she's a, yeah. a sweetheart and. Um, I feel like I don't know what she's doing now at all, but she it was cool to see that balance. It's, it's rare to see the balance of of women who they do love to hunt and they love every aspect. I mean, she loved being out there, yeah. but she also had her nails done and was not afraid to be feminine, right? And uh, a, I yeah, recently no, listened to uh, Cameron Haynes' podcast he did with Eva Shockey, and she talks about how tough it is to ride that line and. How people yeah. either hate you for being one way or hate you for not being another yeah, yeah. way, and and uh, yeah. part of this podcast for me has been really wanting to, to draw bridges, right? Have build, bring yeah. people together from different cultures and uh, different appreciations and whatnot. And and Holly was really cool to meet because she she definitely did that. You know, she bridged that gap of hey, I'm I'm out here with a gun and I load my own gun and I'll blow a call and shoot a duck, and but I'm also you know I'm a girl and yeah. and don't mind being yeah. that way. So that's pretty cool. Um, Call wise, tell me about season calls. Um, and and that that's, I mean, you guys, I don't know how many call companies are in New Zealand, uh, but season calls, uh, I know of that one, the only one I know of, but uh, it is, it is, it's we're we're world famous in New Zealand, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. No, there, there is a few um call companies here. Uh, everything is hard here because um, if you want to get to make a, a call or you want to get components or a, 
say, a cool jig to make stuff, everything's hard. So you've got to, you know, get components from overseas or or do it yourself. It's kind of like it's not that easy. But um, season calls, all we've ever done is duck calls. Uh, we've got a new range of them. We've got a, a call out called Reckless. It's a, it's an awesome, awesome call. I've sold a whole heap of them, actually, which is it's actually really cool because you can actually make a call and, and it's the same as you were talking about, this worldwide connection. Like, I can make a call in New Zealand, send it out, and there's people that buy it from all around the world, from mm. America, from all around America. And there's there's even some people in Europe that are interested in calls. It's, yeah, that that connection is, um, is quite incredible, actually. And um, so many of the people that I've met in the States, um, to do with waterfowling especially, um, they're just so cool people. They're just down to earth and friendly. And and honestly, um, my I mean, people will have different ideas, but my idea of um Americans um is right up there. They're, they're just so friendly. They're, they've been so nice to me um and my family. Um yeah, it's it's great. It's great. That's awesome. I think for the most part, yes. I mean especially in this, um, you know, the, the waterfowl culture. I talk a little bit, I talked a little bit to Raggio about it. Um, just some of the infighting and and the drama that comes from it, but by and large, that is a small little corner of it, of the culture yeah. by and large, it's the nicest people. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're over here and in Stuttgart on a Saturday during December, or January, and you go to R and T, um, you know, everyone's fist pumping and getting to know everybody yeah. and, and yeah. super kind. And so, yeah, well, so speaking of that, what are your plans on coming over here? I mean, let me ask you this. If you could come to the USA and hunt, you know, your top three places to go, what would you want to do? Oh, geez. That's, that's a good question. And that's, that's a hard question because I, I like all, all types of waterfowl. I'd love to, go to uh, Alaska and shoot a King Ida. But mm, I mean, that's, me too. that's a lot. That's probably, who knows how much that costs. Um, I'd love to hunt the woods in Arkansas, green timber. That would be awesome. Um, I love geese. That's my problem. That's my Achilles heel. <laughs> um, I don't know, somewhere with heaps of little geese. Because all... Another thing too, I didn't probably explain very well, is um, all we have is honkers. We don't have we don't have the eleven subspecies. We don't have cacklers and Aleutian and whatever. We just have honkers. That's it. Just big, so you, yeah. Big Canada's, they're, yep. Yeah, they're all big, big mothers. So, um, B fifty yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So if we have um, <laughs> anywhere with small geese, so maybe um, I don't know Texas. Kansas. Actually, I'd love to go to um I'd love to go to Cadillac Creek. Oh, shout out to Toby Brolin. Yeah, yeah. So so he looks like a um cool dude. So I reckon there would be pretty cool. Um something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't don't really know. Anywhere really. Anywhere's pretty cool. As long as I've got, got some birds. We gotta work on it for this year. We gotta get you over. You said you're semi-retired, so we got to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people I said say that semi about me. I, yeah, I said semi-retarded. I didn't say retired. 
yeah. it's the <laughs> it's the accent. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we need to get you over for sure and uh, see if we can make the Southern Oak Kennels. There it is. We just built we just built a new a new lodge here. Um, you know, we yeah. moved and uh, yeah. the tornado almost knocked it down. But uh, it's, right. I tell people now when they're in the room, I'm like, this is EF2 tornado proof, tried and proven. It um, but, you know, I'd love to have you here and, and travel around. I have to drive to hunt. You know, this it's fun being yeah, yeah. here working, working dogs. And Josh and Keith have some beautiful training grounds over toward Birmingham. Uh, for the cornerstone training members weekends and all that. And that's really fun too, but we all have to travel a good bit. Um, I love to hunt in Kansas and Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite, uh, but man, Toby at Cadillac Creek, shout out to that guy for um, just totally going in on being himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Um him ratio i love guys that are like hey i'm authentic you know i'm i'm not gonna try yeah. to be someone that i'm not and i'm yeah. i met toby last year uh at falco at the uh yeah. there's a trip we do at the end of the year and it's it's all uh everyone there is a, a believer and uh it's called purpose and <laughs> toby came last year and man we had a blast he's he's such a, a gem of a human being uh and the man can absolutely wreck a goose call um yeah. he he knows how to do it Good. but the the lessers are are a lot of fun uh that's what we're usually targeting that that late season yeah. february you know and yeah. speckle bellies are a lot of fun um the lessers over there i'm sure you've seen it that's a hard hunt for a dog um it's yeah, a yeah. lot more like snow geese you know they come in bunches and you might have a 14 to 20 bird rain out uh, on a group and you may just do that three times. So the dogs is, you know, you get a mark or two, but mostly it's just running blind retrieves, um, outside the decoys, but it, it's a lot of fun, but very different. I don't get to go on a lot of big honker hunts. Um, you see a lot of them out. In, I was just in Colorado and, uh, got some clients in Wyoming and their hunting is a lot more like what you're talking about. The birds yeah, yeah. You know, coming down from the mountains and yeah. hitting, hitting the fields and, uh, hunt, they hunt a lot of, um, pit blinds out there in those fields and yeah. big honkers uh yeah. nasty birds but no that's that's awesome man i would i would love to have you over this year and uh work dogs together and do some drills yeah. and return the favor yeah, if you forget your waiters i'll carry you to the duck hole you know yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, i'd still have i'd still have to carry you my lord yeah yeah they can <laughs> there it is the whole trip yeah. i'll never live it down that's um it. no it was uh it was it was truly a pleasure to be over there with you and and in New Zealand and man I hope that uh you know maybe we'll work on some drills for your young what's the name of your young dog Yon What's that? No it's Fion. So it's Fionn. actually um you know how they've all got so so the English English labs but they've got um and some some of yours have too they've got that Irish mm -hmm. bit of Irish so mm -hmm. Fion Fiona's Irish. It's F I O N N. Fion. Fion. I like it. It's strong. Yeah. It's a good name. It's, it's a strong name. Yeah, it is. It is. Fion. I, yeah, I, I say like that, that name a lot when I'm yeah. chasing it. It's, like, <laughs> it's a lesson there, you know. Name your dog something that you're really comfortable yelling over and over. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you never know when you're going to need it. 
Um, yeah. man, my, we're, I, we have a 15 year old Springer Spaniel <clears throat> and we've already planned on getting another dog when she passes away. And the kids are in this huge debate right now over what the name of the new dog is going to be. And yeah. unbeknownst to them, my wife, Bethany is going to name the dog. She's not going to let the kids name it because no. their names are like bubble gum <laughs> star, you know, Lord Vader. Yeah. yeah. They have all sorts of crazy names. So, well, I've enjoyed talking to you. We're coming up on an hour. I told you I wouldn't take up your whole day. Um, Yeah, we could, we could chat a long time. I know it, but man, I appreciate your support. Honestly, is, is uh, very meaningful to me because you're on the other side of the world and it's, it's not, it's not a rare thing to receive an encouraging note from you or just to see you supporting things that we do recommending cornerstone, uh, talking yeah. to people about dog training, um, that sort of stuff. I, I appreciate it from around the world and hopefully we won't go. I mean, I know we have plans to get together in COVID <laughs> COVID really wrecked. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into that whole thing. Cause you guys had it. Uh, you talk about lockdown. You guys were literally, uh, isolated oh, yeah. on an Island. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I think now that now that the pandemics has been declared over, uh, hopefully yeah. we can we can get together this season and and uh, and do this whole thing in person and hopefully yeah, shoot definitely. some shoot some ducks and some geese. Yeah, we we may we may get to um, we may get to Eastern Maryland or something at a pinch or the states this year, possibly, possibly. We've got a lot well, going on. We started a new business and whatever else, but. Yeah, no, I'd really, really like to get over there. It's it's really cool. I, I love the culture over there, and it's real fast pace. And here it's like everyone's dead and walking around like zombies. It's so slow. but um, It's relaxed. It's, it's relaxed. relaxed. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely relaxed. But, um, no, we'll, uh, we'll just keep on going and um, see how it turns out from there. Yeah, we'll tell people um, who are listening who haven't heard of you. Instagram, you're on there. What is it? Yeah, it's just uh, Jeff, Jeff Irvine. Jeff Irvine dot NZ. Yeah, uh, and your Jeff is G E O F. Yeah, yeah. So Americans always say G off, and it's just <laughs> all it is. All it is. G off. No, yeah. no, no. I know of, I know a couple Americans who spell it like you. In fact, I mentioned one in the first podcast, uh, Jeff or Jeffrey English, the guy I bought my first spaniel from. He spells it like you. And then so, season underscore calls on Instagram yep. to check out you guys' calls. And then just that that your page and that page. If you're wanting to know like what's the epitome of waterfowling in New Zealand, your page and the season call page to me is it's the the photos and the videos are are unparalleled. They're just awesome. Some other there's some other good ones. If anyone wants a hunt in New Zealand, there's a young guy um, I work with down south, Connor Carlaw. He is he is jeepers. I've just had a mental blank. He is. I always get his name wrong. But, jeepers, that's a new yeah. one. Uh, it's. Central South Waterfowl. He started he started guiding down there and he's um, doing a lot of specialist stuff with um, uh, shovelers and black swans and pukekos and some real cool stuff. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I actually uh, Rob took took me to shoot a, a pukiko hey, and a, and a, a turkey, a different type yeah. of turkey. Yep. Yeah, um, pukiko are those. Um, we call them. Okay. It's a joke. It's a blue pheasant. Yeah, yeah, it's a blue pheasant. Yeah, it looks. It definitely looks that way. Pheasants, um, my lord. Yeah, pheasants, my lord. There it is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Connor is Central South Waterfowl underscore NZ for New Zealand. For those of you yep. who think you might want to go down, uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, his Instagram page is awesome too. He's got turkeys and everything on there. The uh, yeah. it's cool to go. I mean, look, you you asked me before I came down, do you want to go shoot mallards? Do you want to go shoot Canada geese? And I told you, I want to go shoot something that I can't shoot in America, and yeah. that's exactly what we did. And uh, that's a that's an experience that I will never forget. I'll never forget co- uh, cooking bacon. <laughs> You guys guys don't cook your bacon all the way. It's, it's like floppy bacon. And I, and I have a video of you saying, here's your crispy bacon, my Lord. (laughs) We went for a hunt down there um, a year or so ago. And there's a particular branch that you shot off down there. It's still there. (laughs) Remember, Remember you were shooting a bird and you shot one of the branches off. I shot no. right through the tree. Now, look, I'm used to hunting in the timber with my so, buddy Connor. And if a branch is in the way, that's what the first shell's for. Just blow that sucker out of the way and then off you go. Um, yeah, no, I love it. Well, um, man, surely appreciate the conversation uh, and the friendship, Jeff, and uh, look forward to some more of them and uh, look forward to our folks hearing from you and learning a little bit about New Zealand and, and the waterfowl culture there. And uh, hopefully you guys have a good one and hopefully we get you over here this season and uh, get to do a little bit of, of, uh, of hunting together. Yeah. We have uh, three weeks, I think in our, in our duck season to go. So Mm -hmm. I'll have to get into it. Yeah. Finish strong, man. Awesome to talk to you, Jeff. Hope you have a good one. I appreciate uh, you coming on. Yeah, no worries. Have a good one, big fella.